Welcome to the Land Your Bet Sports Betting Podcast. Josh Lander coming to you here with five picks for Monday's five-game slate in the NBA. I'm also going to run through how we did here with you guys on a very profitable six and two weekend picking NBA games, even though I was traveling all over the place uh, and had to struggle to get these out as early as I could. But let's look at how we did real quick because I'm pretty happy with a six and two weekend amidst all of the craziness this past holiday week. Triple J went under 19 and a half points there on Sunday and Trey Young went over 24 and a half to get us to two and zero on Sunday. Only got the couple picks out to you guys, but like to keep it undefeated, right? No, uh, all units won, nothing lost there. Uh, and then on Saturday, we had Anthony Davis go over his two and a half assists. We missed the little baby ladder, but we still ended up with 0.6 units. If you followed along with the bankroll management on that one. And then Jalen Johnson was very frustrating. If you tailed that one, eight points in eight minutes before getting hurt and then going down and not coming back so we couldn't get our over 14 and a half points it was a great look and a great read and it was very much so on target to hit until that uh, obviously he he left the game we hope he comes back soon joval went under 10 and a half boards in that game i uh, felt really good about joval continuing to struggle to get uh double digit boards that consistently on this team and then boston orlando we talked about how orlando was not getting the respect that they deserve for some reason so we'll continue to take them especially when they're home dogs where they just cover like machines Hussar Thompson, another brutal beat where he had uh, nine rebounds and assists at the half. We needed three more in the second half. He played 13 minutes, just didn't get a single rebound or assist the rest of the game. Really didn't fill up a single stat outside of that uh, after the first half really anymore for Asar. We're going to stay off the rook a little bit moving forward, but uh, we'll come back when maybe his props drop a little bit because the value has gone. Derek White, under five and a half assists. We got some extra love on that one because Drew Holiday was out, so it was a little bit high for him. A nice, easy under on the assist there. Like I said, six and two on the weekend. Moving forward on the weekends now, we are 11 and five plus 3.55 units. As you know, I need to bring you these uh, videos on the weekends because my regular show with Nate Weitzer, the Coast to Coast podcast, where we bring you eight picks each and every weekday. We don't do that on the weekends, so I make sure to get those out to you on this podcast as well as some early bets because it's Sunday night as I'm recording this for you, getting ahead of all that Monday stuff for you. So uh, real quick, 109 and 86 on the year, 30.55 units in the green. So make sure you are tailing along and, and liking and subscribing to that page because Nate and I do some really, really great work when we're able to uh, confer together and the like. But we move along because we just want more. We don't, we're not satisfied. So let's go ahead and get into our first best bet. And you're probably thinking to yourself, if you're watching this on YouTube, why are you fading Nikola Jokic? That's what dumb people do. Uh, I'm sorry, but not in this case. We're going under 10 and a half assists for Jokic. All the love in the world, Joker, but not 10 and a half assists in this one for you. He's gone under this in his last five versus the Clips, and this is a big deal. The, the Clippers are the team that he's played the last five times. It's the same roster. Still got Ivica out there, Zubac doing his best on Jokic, um, which is as good as he can do, but it's it's been enough to keep him down in the assist column, especially eight assists per game in the last five. Uh, and like I said, has not gotten the 11 in a single one yet against the squad. The Clippers are allowing the seventh fewest assists per game on the season. They uh, limit teams to the fifth worst field goal percentage as well. And that's a huge reason why you're not going to get so many assists against this team. They do limit potential assists really, really well, but they also just don't give anything easy up on defense. Ty Lue, a masterful defensive coach. And that's a huge reason why other teams are not able to get assists uh, at, at such a high rate. The second leg of a back-to-back -back tonight for Nicola, and it's a big deal because he played in that San Antonio game that they won by 12, 132 to 120, but that game was played at 105 pace. The Spurs ran him completely ragged. He had a very impressive line, 
Still failed to go over the uh, 10 and a half assists, by the way. Only had nine in that one. But very impressive, 34 points, 13 boards for Nicola. Um, and, and that was all in about 35 minutes. And that's why I think 35 minutes of a of a pace played at 105 for this man, whose usage rate was up above 30% in this game, uh, actually closer to 35% in this game. That's not a good sign for uh, do they're going to rely on to the same degree against the Clippers, who are figuring things out big time uh, and have certainly gotten better on offense while really maintaining their defense even after the hardened trade. So I'm continuing to believe in this Clippers defense, which, like I said, limits assists, but they also limit potential assists. Last year, uh, in, when Joker played this team, really the last four times he's played this team, he's been limited to about uh, 12.9 potential assists against them. Uh, even worse than that, for most of these games, actually about 11.9 in the last eight games that he's played. And as we know, Jamal Murray has not been around for any of those. He only is at about 12.9. That's where the 12.9 assists, potential assists comes into play. So you need him to get 11 assists and he's only averaging 13 potential assists right now. Don't expect his team to have that high of a field goal percentage against this Clippers defense. Like I just mentioned, 11 seems way too high. And that's why this is my favorite bet of the night is that this is just not what Joker does anymore. Uh, and not that he can't do it anymore. It's just in this instance, in this matchup without Jamal Murray, who he he does get more assists uh, without him, but just barely. And it's more his assist percentage is what it's important. And that's what's up with Jamal Murray in the game is that he's more efficient with his assists because he's got such an amazing, uh, you know, second fiddle playing his, his duo with him. So uh, we're going under for Jokic 11 assists in the first bet. Second one, we're going back to AD. If you've tailed over the weekend, we, we hit on his assists at two and a half. Let's go to his blocks in this one against Jojo Embiid and the 76ers. So it might seem counterintuitive, but it's not, I promise. So let's do a little ladder as well. Over one and a half blocks is bad juice, minus 185 on DraftKings. But I like that bet so much. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to hit the three plus blocks on DraftKings as well. I already did hit it uh, because it's, it's I'm getting to it a little bit early. Like I said, the three plus blocks is plus 140 on DraftKings. So I'm going to go ahead and take that as well. There's some reasoning here. These guys, I hope you would hope so, right? That's why I'm bringing you this pick. He's gone over in his last four versus JoJo. And, and like I, I, the reasoning is he plays a lot of minutes. He plays down low the majority of the game. Philly attempts a lot of field goals around the rim. It's really that simple. And, and obviously Philly attempts a lot of field goals around the rim because JoJo Embiid uh, attempts a lot of field goals around the rim. But so do other guys. Tobias Harris also getting to the rim. Maxi is a really a three and uh, or drive guy basically to the rim. And then uh, every, everywhere else, when D'Anthony Melton's in there, a bit more of a shooter. But Kelly Oubre was also getting to the rim. That's helpful for those stats. At any rate, because there's going to be so many shots taken where Anthony Davis is going to be predominantly hanging out down low around the rim primary defender on Joel as uh, pretty often, but I'm sure that they'll look to be able to switch him off every now and again as he, he would prefer and they would prefer him to be more of the free safety of the defense than the, the, the anchor who has to really bang bodies with jo a guy like Joel Embiid, which is not fun for anybody. Um, so with that in mind, you know, there's a reason that I think those are the reasons I should say that he has gone over in his last four against Joel Embiid teams. He's, he's gone over in his last six against this squad in general in terms of the 76ers. But I don't trust that information quite as much because I really just want to know what it's like for him when he's playing in a game that Joel is in because Joel is such a, a strong force um, and that will impact the game that way. 
the effect that it has on AD is, like I said, he has to play down low. He has to play more minutes. And as a result, he's able to have those those block opportunities, which are just as important so that he can go ahead and get us those blocks. And this one uh, over one and a half. And then let's take three plus as well for point three units, just to be clear, so that you can go ahead and get a little ladder on that one. All right. Third bet here. My mouse stopped working. <laughs> we have we're going to some sides. For the next two bets. Uh, so the, the third bet here is New Orleans. The Pellies are at Utah, and I'm taking them as favorites on the road, minus three and a half. Zion is back. They just lost this game to Utah without Zion. And the the, the, the differences of the impact of Zion when he's on the floor, off the floor, they've become pretty obvious for this, this Pelicans team. And one of the reasons they've become so obvious is because he's playing so well with Brandon Ingram huge for them the the one of the reasons that you didn't really see that big of a difference between this team when they had zion and when they didn't to be honest is because of the fact that brandon ingram is their second most important player and they were not playing well together that has not been the case over the course of their last five that they played together and that is why i'm really banking on them overtaking utah by more than the three and a half here in a game that i don't think that the value is correctly placed on the Pellies because I think Utah is getting a little bit too much love due to the fact that Zion and Brandon Ingram haven't been great up to this, up to the last five games and the fact that Utah just beat them. So in the first eight games, Zion and Brandon Ingram were a minus 8.8 net rating on the floor together through those first eight games in the last five that they played together. They're up to a 27.8 net rating in 60 minutes on the floor together. That's really good, man. I mean, that is such a crazy difference from what it was that you can tell the spacing is better. You can tell the offensive rating is way higher up at about 119 as opposed to the 108 offensive rating that you were seeing from them over the course of the first eight games. So all these numbers, you see how much Utah struggles versus these two positions specifically. They do not have good defenders at power forward or small forward. As you probably know, Walker Kessler is their center back healthy probably still not good for more than 25 minutes as he's still you know working his way back from injury played 21 minutes in his first game back coming off the bench so maybe there's a little bit of an uptick there and maybe Utah's a little bit better against centers and you want to go ahead and fade Joe Val Jonas Valanciunas on this Pelicans team but not either of these guys in terms of Ingram and uh and and Zion these two guys I think should have some good success in this one and that's a huge reason for why uh, they're going to go ahead and win and get that revenge game on this Utah Jazz squad winning by four points for sure so so fourth bet, we've got the Lakers. We've got the 76ers. I'm going with the 76ers. They're at home. The spread is minus four and a half for them. I'm putting 0.7 units on this one. It's my fourth favorite bet for a reason. And to be honest, I kind of like the fifth one better than it, but we'll get into that in one second. Either way, 0.7 units, it's still a good look in this one for, for Maxi and MB to be able to uh, take on the, uh, the Lake show here. So Philly, just really nice at home, man. It's been that way since last season. Uh, if you want to take their home record all the way back to last year, we're now at 35 and 15. They are 6 and 3 this year with a 7.2 net rating, a 54% rebound percentage overall, which is huge. That's uh, top five in the league at home. And that's what you're really looking for here is who's winning the battle down low, who's winning the easy points battle in terms of fast breaking as well. And LA was fast breaking a decent amount, and that has kind of dwindled. They started to fail to get back on defense as well, and that's why Philly should be able to take advantage of them uh, in that category. They're fourth in fast break points. They are seven, uh, and right now the Lakers are seventeenth in limiting 
fast break points. Not going to be good enough against this Philly team who does leak out a bit more at home. They play faster at home for a reason. Um, they want to keep that transition pace going when they've got the, the crowd momentum and stuff and, and really set up a lot of transition threes. It's a lot of either Maxi and, and Tobias Harris going all the way to the rim or setting guys up for transition threes like a D'Anthony Melton or themselves and each other. So I think that's still going to be there for them. They are eighth in points in the paint. Obviously, always going to be in the top 10 with Joel Embiid as your center. And right now, LA is 17th in defending the, the paint. And a huge reason of that is all they have is AD, which is another reason I kind of like going for the blocks with him because he the usage of, of the need for him to defend the paint and to defend the rim is just going to be there above all else. There's nobody else to do it, essentially. So um, the, the edge in those, those key areas around the rim, Joel's defense around the rim should also be crucial. I kind of liked AD 23 and a half points and maybe going over that because it's pretty low. For him to get 24, he's at, he's gotten 31 in his last two against Joel Embiid in the 76ers, but it's not a great sort of scenario or situation. Like I, I don't love having to bet on someone to score a lot down low against Joel Embiid, who has the best field goal percentage defensively, uh, defensive field goal percentage in the paint, the, in the non-restricted area, I should say, but in the in the restricted area as well, he's still top 10 in terms of limiting field goal percentage because you can split like right under the basket versus five to nine feet outside the basket, inside the paint. But anyway, we're, we're splitting hairs here because this this Philly team continues to, to play really well um, against good teams. Now, this has been a brutal stretch, and this is my final point for this game. I really think they need this game. Um, they have this brutal road trip coming up. I do think they have some potential to, to blow out the Lakers, to be honest, if they can keep the, the get the fast break, break points up. So um, in this one, I think Philly goes all out. I think this is a big try hard game for them. We saw them uh, in their last look. They, they've got a, a brutal stretch that they've been through and coming up as well. Away games that they played recently. Uh, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Minnesota, OKC. Then they've got the Pellies on the road, and then they've got Boston on the road again. They really need this one. Um, they're three and two in their last five, and it's it's not a, a place that they want to have to find themselves as like coming into Boston having you know lost like three of four. Let's say uh, if if they're not able to pick this game up, I just think it's a really important spot for them at home, and they're going to bring it with a, a good rest, not advantage, but they're they're well rested at this point at home coming off of that road trip. Like I said, so uh, let's. Finish things off here with a pretty big same game parlay to get us to about plus 144 on DraftKings. And this is from the Portland and Indiana Pacers game. So the same game parlay is Bruce Brown, two plus assists, Miles Turner, five plus rebounds, Indiana money line, and Indiana to get over 120.5 points for their team total. Once again, Bruce Brown, two plus assists, Miles Turner, five plus boards, Indy money line, and Indy over 120 and a half team total let's go into a few things here there's a lot of conservative bets being made in in one game where i'm like look i'm scared of the blowout i'm scared of i, I think it's gonna be a blowout to be honest like i'm not scared of a 10 point victory it's up at 12 probably gonna be closer to 13 by the time you guys are watching this video for the uh the pacers over the blazers who will be on the second leg of a back-to-back after hanging around and only losing to the Bucks by six in impressive fashion, they're still not going to necessarily have the legs, I don't think, against the fastest team that we've seen maybe ever in this Pacers squad moving forward. So Bruce Brown to get two plus assists. He's done that in eight of his last 10. There's something there as well, because he did not get any, he, he did not hit two plus assists in his first five games or, or over two and a half, I should say as well. Um, so the, the, the change that we saw was Bruce Brown, few more minutes per game as well up to the second most after Tyrese Halliburton Bruce Brown usage up 
Bruce Brown transition up as well. Like no more passing off of defensive rebounds, Bruce Brown. It's get it and go and be the point in that uh, fast break as much as you can, rather than just sort of acquiesce to Tyrese Halliburton and allow him to run the point in transition every time. Um, Bruce scores a ton of his points and gets a ton of assists in transition. He averages two assists per game in transition this season. Um, and that's after not really assisting at all in the first uh, five, uh, five games of, of his career here in Indy, like I said, this season. So Portland allows the second most assists per game to the shooting guard position. They allow the fifth most rebounds per game to centers. So, both of those things really helpful for the Bruce Brown assists. Also, Miles Turner five plus boards, which we can talk about as well. Now, five plus boards in 11 of 13 games this season. Like I said, the fifth most rebounds per game allowed to centers because he's going up against our boy, DeAndre Ayton, dominating with his 0.5 free throw attempts per game that he's dominating with. And the fact that he's just allowing other centers to get rebounds to the tune of the uh but I fifth most in the league, like I said. So not really dominating the paint at all, just continuing along with those baby hooks and, and little soft jumpers that get him to about 14 points a game. Kudos there, but that's not going to work in this one to limit Miles Turner's rebounds. Uh, I got one more slide here. Indiana is going to own this team in transition. So all of these things, like Turner rebounds, good. The five, I'm good with it. It's at seven and a half. I wanted to dumb it down because I don't even know if he's going to play much in the fourth quarter if this thing's as out of control as I think it will be. The reason I think it's going to be so out of control, the transition battle. It's just going to be a bloodbath, essentially, for Indiana in this one against the worst transition defense in the league in Portland. Uh, Indiana has eight more fast break points per game in their wins. And so the fact that they're just going to be blowing through this team and getting fast break points is pretty helpful to, to intuitive to say they're going to win because they're going to be getting fast break points and they score 21 fast break points per game in their wins as opposed to 13 per game in their losses. So it's a huge t telling factor as to whether or not Indy is going to pull out a win is can they get fast break points? And against this team, you can. Um, Portland is giving up the most fast break points per game, uh, third most fast break points per game in the league. Um, but just as importantly, they are uh, giving up a 61% field goal percentage in fast break, which is good for dead last. Uh, they're allowing teams to score 56% of the time that they are in transition. So if you get on a fast break, you're going to score more than half the time on this team. Um, and that is also good for dead last so i, I think that's going to be where you see indy kill them is in this in this transition game um the the as far as their team total goes scoring 121 plus points they've done that in 12 of 15 this season the three games that they failed to score 120 and that's every game i mean that's insane the, the, but the three games that they failed to score 121 they went under versus chicago versus boston versus orlando uh, Boston and Orlando, two of the best defensive teams in the league. Chicago will just do everything they can to muck it up and use every nanosecond of the shot clock on their end to keep you from being able to get back and in, in, in transition. And, and that was one that um, Chicago was able to handle. Also, the Boston game, Tyrese Halliburton didn't even play, by the way. Should mention that. So that was a big reason for why they were unable to score uh, the 121 in that game. Every other game, it, it's just you know lights out, fastest show on turf or on court whatever the material is you get the point i'm making here and i think they're going to be very well suited to score another 121 against like i said the team that is worst at stopping what they do best which is getting transition so a uh, quick summary of these bets we got five of them here for you i only got two for you guys on the sunday slate there in the video so i really wanted to make sure i got you a few more picks here spent a lot of time on these on sunday night so i could also get them out early uh but we got Jokic. Under 10 and a half assists, AD over one and a half blocks with a little baby par uh, a ladder, I should say, in the blocks to get three plus as well for plus 140. 
New Orleans to handle Utah on the road, minus three and a half. And the Lakers uh, to lose to Philly by more than five po- five or more points there as I got Philly minus four and a half. And the final bet there, the same game parlay on that Indiana Pacers game hosting the Blazers. Bruce Brown, two plus assists. Miles Turner, five plus boards. Indy's money line and Indy to go over 120 and a half points on their team total. And that is... All the time that I have for you guys in this one, continue to follow along. Appreciate all the new love and support that we're getting here. We do have a few more picks up on the uh, Coast to Coast podcast on the lines.com's YouTube page. So make sure you check those out. I'm going to be running through them with you guys when I bring you tomorrow's video, which will be early for Tuesday slate. So continue to like and subscribe. And until I see you next, happy betting.